Welcome to the All In Your Head podcast, where we get all in your head. We are a mental health podcast focused on anything and everything mental health. We'll have special guests ranging from mental health experts, mental health advocates, and just everyday people with real struggles. We will share laughs, we will share cries, but most importantly, we will have real conversations about mental health. So with that being said, let's get all in your head. Woohoo! I like the song. They all in your head. <laughs> all in your head. <laughs> so you you like that, huh? Yeah, it's good. I uh, sing it around the house sometimes, and I think my family is kind of getting tired of that. So I should probably <laughs> stop singing that. But let's take uh, just a moment to introduce you to the listeners. We have Scott Hayes on the show today, the first ever podcast for the All In Your Head podcast. We're very excited to have you here. Scott Hayes is a mental health professional and addictions counselor in the state of Colorado. He's been doing amazing work throughout the state uh, for many years. And a few years ago, you had a very traumatic experience. And the goal of this podcast is to share your story, a story of recovery, of resilience, and also heroism. So why don't you just start telling your story? I mean, you, you've had some tough times over the past five years, right? Now you've had a couple of different things happen, but mm-hmm. you know, the most recent one was something that most people don't experience getting shot yep. seven times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some of the listeners will have experienced some level of trauma in their life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hopefully it's not being shot seven times. I, I know your story and I think you have an impactful story and I don't even know if you know how impactful your story is, to be honest with you, and part of it's probably because you're still in the midst of it, right? I, I want you to, you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing, just share your story and, and we'll just kind of talk through uh, what happened and, you know, how you've responded to the situation. So why don't you first start off just talking about what happened? So it was a couple of years ago. I was kind of spending time with a girl and the two of us were driving back to my house and we got to my house and heard kind of a pop and didn't know what it was. I thought it was something that I had hit. I was not thinking it could be anything aside from that. So I stopped the car, got out and that woman's ex Um, was standing right there in front of my house um, and just kind of started shooting at me, at which point I retreated back into the car. I don't have a whole lot of memory of the actual incident aside from in that moment, kind of just everything being black. I could hear somebody saying something in the background, but I couldn't really make out what it was. Um, I could smell, you know, kind of smoke or gunpowder, whatever that might be. And then I just remember this thought of like, is this really happening right now? Like it was just complete, you know, disbelief more than anything. It didn't have even time to, I think, set in to a point where it was, you know, fear or anything else. It was just like, what is happening? Cause it just seems so unbelievable. And then just passing out thereafter. Yeah. And so I think aside from that kind of next memory is really waking up in the hospital. And how much time kind of last, you know, between the actual event and what time, you know, the time that you woke up? You know, I'm not even a hundred percent certain it kind of melds together. I don't think it was terribly long. You know, I think it was sometime the next day 
that I kind of came out of it and was, was conscious again, but yeah, I'm not a hundred percent certain on that. Um, I have a couple kind of vague memories of kind of like dream type things, but the dreams, uh, what I attribute to being dreams were also kind of in a hospital. So I'm assuming they're just kind of when I was kind of in and out of things, the woman that I was with was not hit. And so she was able to kind of crawl out and call uh, emergency services. They came, took me to Parker hospital. I was there for a little while. My mother was notified by the police. So she met me, I guess, at Parker. They weren't equipped to kind of handle the trauma. Um, I'd been shot twice in the head, four times in the arm and once in the leg. Jeez. And so they flight for life me over to St. Anthony's hospital. That's where I woke up the next day. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, your story is interesting because you know, it's kind of a miracle, right? Um, from both a physical aspect recovery and then a mental aspect of your recovery. And so, you know, just talk physical first, you know, what, what did that look like? What did the, you know, initial and, and ongoing physical recovery look like for you? I mean, being shot seven times, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a doctor. Um, <laughs> but when I hear someone being shot seven times, I think they're gone, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if I get shot once, I'm probably out, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what was the, you know, why, why do you think you survived, I guess, first of all? And, and then what was that physical recovery like? You know, I don't know. I think, you know, some of it was luck. Um, you know, some of it might have been a bit more, whether it's, you know, a spiritual thing. You know, I'm not a particularly spiritual person, but, you know, my father passed a couple of years before this all happened. And so, you know, I couldn't help but think maybe, you know, he had something to do with helping me out. You know, I'm very, I, I don't have a ton of hobbies, but one of them that I do do is uh, exercise and I'm pretty, you know, disciplined and routine with it. You know, I was told a couple of times throughout the process that it's entirely possible that I would have died had I not been in, you know, good shape. Um, I think the last part would just be a bit of luck. Um, the bullet that did the most damage kind of entered here, kind of under my chin, kind of traversed through my skull and kind of popped out kind of right above my eye here. And so they had to do a craniotomy where they kind of peel my skull down, pop the bullet out, put a plate and some stuff in here, and then kind of, you know, stapled me up. Um, but the one, I guess it could have been, you know, the worst I hit right here, but either cause I'm like super hard headed or <laughs> just uh, the angle of the shot, probably a little bit of both kind of deflected. So there was some concern that I might have, you know, some sort of brain damage because um, there's still, I think even to this day, like if I take a CAT scan, aside from kind of seeing fragments all over, you can see um, an area in my brain where I can't, it's a long name. I can't remember the name of it, but you can tell um, basically where it hit. And so I remember they did a bunch of uh, tests and somebody came in and was walking me through like different quizzes and stuff that you'd have taken in like junior high or high school, just to kind of assure that I still knew the names of things and could reason appropriately. Yeah. How often do you hear about people being shot seven times and surviving? Mm-hmm. And before I said, I, I could take one, I could probably take three bullets. Uh, <laughs> that's probably my max and survive. Definitely couldn't yep. take seven. So something, something, ha- call it whatever you want, but something yeah. happened. Yeah. 
that led you to being able to survive. And it's a, sure. it's crazy, right? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you've been separated for a couple of years now from it happening. Like how do you conceptualize it or make any kind of sense of what happened? I mean, there's a, a lot of different facets to it, I guess. I mean, for me, this is going to sound dumb probably, but really I think the hardest part for me and kind of the part that I'm most thankful for is not almost being on the other end as far as like family and friends, you know, because hearing, you know, some of the things that they were told uh, when I first went in really kind of gets me, I mean, gets me for me, but it also even gets me like thinking if that was, you know, my brother or, you know, something like that, because, you know, originally didn't know if I was going to make it after they, you know, didn't know if I was going to make it. Obviously I did lose the eye, but I was going to lose the eye. They also thought I was going to lose my arm, kind of a miracle. If anything was a miracle, you know, I think that piece, because, you know, being shot four times, um, you know, I even had, you know, the doctor who did the craniotomy on me, you know, it's like, oh, people think it's so amazing what I did, but I am thoroughly amazed at what the doctor did with your arm uh, because it was just mangled. Yeah. So that part um, is tough. So the, and then I, I guess there's a couple pieces to it. So physically, I think it's kind of weird, but it didn't take, I mean, it definitely drained me. Like I lost 30 or 40 pounds. There was a lot of work I had to do to get things. I can remember, you know, being at where we used to work, trying to do a pull-up. I couldn't even do one. And I was just like, what is happening? It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my mind, like there was never a question of whether or not, I would get back to where I was like in my mind, it was just like, okay, I'm just kind of, you know, starting off with smaller weights, but eventually I'll get back to where I'm going to be. So that was a piece. And then, you know, I I think the other piece that kind of has helped me is, you know, when kind of the event happened, I kind of used myself to shield the woman that I was with. Mm -hmm. And so I really kind of focus more on that than anything else. Like I, I think about it a lot and had it just been, this gentleman wanting to kill me and just like running up on me and doing that, I feel like it would be a whole lot harder for me to make peace with. than like I went through this really shitty thing and at the same time save somebody's life. So yeah. um, that that's, I think I put a lot of stock in that too. Yeah. Uh, do you consider yourself a hero? Um, Here, here's a better and, question. Did you buy yeah. yourself a cape afterwards? Um, I did not buy myself a cape, but a lot of people bought me various superhero themed things. You know, all my friends who were kind of privy to it all had like shirts with my face on it. And I've got, um, I got a hat with like the super Superman logo, but with my initials in it, I did a CrossFit competition like the following year. And they said, we're going to name our team Bulletproof because that's what we want. <laughs> and, and we totally won. We were in the novice category, but we totally won. So, um, yeah, that's great. So, yeah, I think yeah. And, and you know, that's, you know, we talk about like recovering from trauma, you know, having a support system is a, such an essential part of that, right? And not everyone has that. So, yep. it's really great that you had such a strong, a strong support system. So, Talk a little bit more just about the physical recovery, kind of what that looked like from a physical standpoint and, and where are you at now physically? Let me, before I go into that, just real, like the support system, like you said, is is huge. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I had a great support system on so many levels, some 
um, friends started a GoFundMe thing. Um, and I, it's kind of weird, but I've never felt, I think, as valued as I did in that moment between, you know, people kind of like you came to visit me in the hospital. I had a number of people, people I hadn't talked to in years come down to see me. You know, I got, when I walked back into work, I got a, a standing ovation in our little meeting and a staff member who was notoriously prickly <laughs> gave a giant hug and she just started crying and ran out the room. And so it was, I don't know, it was in, in that sense, you know, I've, I've never felt as appreciated as I did following that. Well, it's interesting, um, you know, it's interesting. And this is just, I think something in life in general, but you don't really value something until you lose it or you think you've lost yep. it. Right. So I think you experience some of that. And, you know, I think that's a, a takeaway too, you know, like look at the people around you, the people who you love and the people who are close to you. And just as a reminder, you know, they could, they could be gone. You could be gone at any moment. I think we, we, we forget about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. So as, as far as the physical recovery, like I said, it was just kind of, you know, I didn't have any question that I would get there, but it was all starting over from, you know, the, the first step. So um, like I said, I was about 190 pounds when I went in. And I think when I walked out, I was about 160 pounds. You know, I couldn't even stand up to really, you know, more than stand up, like even taking a step or two was tough. Um, I had, it's like, as far as strength goes, like I couldn't even clip my own fingernails. Like I remember mm -hmm. trying to press that little thing down. I did not have enough strength to do, I guess this hand did, but this yeah. one did not. Yeah. Um, I didn't even have enough strength to do that. Oh yeah. So when the, when the bullet went in here, it broke my mandible. Um, so I couldn't even open my mouth more than, you know, just like that, like a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I had to stick like a vice in there kind of three times a day, like wrenched open as far as I could go and just sit there for like 20 minutes. And so, you know, gradually increased, increased, increased. What else? Yeah. I think as far as, as the physical stuff that kind of covers the majority, just no strength, you know, obviously loss of the eye yeah. um, and then kind of, you know, mess with my jaw stuff. So, yeah. um, and that's, you know, from a physical standpoint, you obviously have the loss of strength. And for someone who values exercise and, and, and working out before, like that's obviously, it's almost like a loss, right? At least at first, yeah. you were able to get it back, but that's a, a form of a loss. But then, you know, there is some physical uh, changes, uh, you know, some of them temporary and some of them permanent that you, um, you know, you've had to kind of manage. And so, you know, how have you managed, um, you know, you lost an eye and, you know, you have some level of scarring and, you know, it's difficult, right? And, um, you know, how have you, how have you managed that? You know, it's been, you know, not my favorite, but it's been, you know, had you asked me what it was going to be like beforehand, it's hasn't been quite as bad as I thought it would be. Um, yeah. you know, the, the, I thing is definitely the worst of it. You definitely have to do a lot more kind of turning your head, kind of head on a swivel type thing to see things. So, takes some getting used to, um, you do kind of get used to it after a while, but it's definitely something I kind of replaced it with a, a different kind of eye just because, you know, the other eye just kind of stares straight forward and I don't really <laughs> like it. So I thought I'd put it in with something that was a little different. So, you know, that's all right. I mean, the, the hair, like my hair was kind of receding anyway. So I <laughs> it. got a little tattoo. So it looks like I have more hair if I wanted it than I do. And, um, 
so yeah, I mean, you just kind of make the best of it, but it's not, yeah, it wasn't quite, if you would have asked me what it was going to be like, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be still sucks, but not yeah, as bad. Yeah, as yeah, yeah, for sure. Be. So that's kind of that, that physical recovery. And, you know, it, I'm sure it lasted for a long time and, you know, you started off probably with one push up, and, and now you can probably do almost as many as I can. Um, so <laughs> one day, one day. Um, Here's the real question. Did you post a picture of me up in your workout room as, as motivation? And listen to Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> and, then I, should... and then when I was done, I crumpled it. <laughs> that was probably three days in. Um, <laughs> so, you know, this is the uh, All In Your Head podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of that is focusing on the, the mental part, too. I think the mental part is really important. We think about the physical and we spend a lot of time talking about physical recovery, especially from injury, but we oftentimes forget about the mental side, which is just as important and sometimes more important. And so what was the, you know, what was the mental recovery like for you? And, you know, also what helped you to recover from a mental standpoint? Well, let me back up for a second. One person or thing I will plug is just the gym that I'm currently associated with. One of the things prior to everything going down, had a friend who's a personal trainer and we work out a lot together. And so he kind of, when everything happened, he made real workouts for me kind of tailored to my situation. Um, and so that helped a lot. And then the gym that he now runs, um, his name is Andre Johnson and the gym is hit squad, uh, in Centennial and a couple other great coaches there, Mike Lavati and Lou Rivera, but anyway, that's just been, I think, a huge piece of my physical recovery is, you know, being able to kind of hang with those guys and, and do a lot of the stuff that they program is great. Yeah, that's really cool. And I have to ask, was the name of his gym, did it have anything to do with your experience? <laughs> I don't know. I've never thought about it. But now, <laughs> now, now maybe I need to ask some questions. Yeah, you should ask some questions. So Yeah, um, I I know, it may not be a coincidence. Yeah, maybe I can get some money or yeah, some stay away from him because he's got something planned for me. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Yeah, so mental, right? the mental game, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, what was that mental recovery like for you? Yeah, I mean, the the mental recovery, again, was not as hard as I would have anticipated. And again, I think it would have been a lot harder if I was on the outside looking in. I, like I said, I felt I didn't have any doubt that physically I would kind of get back to where I was. I mean, I think had I taken more time to think about it or had more anxiety about it, it'd be a lot tougher, Um, but I didn't do that. You know, I think I take a lot of things, you know, for better or worse, um, just kind of one day at a time. And I think that particular thing really kind of helped me out here because it was just, you know, one foot after the other and just kind of slowly grind back to, you know, where I was. And, you know, I think in some ways, as far as like just physical abilities, I've kind of exceeded now, even where I was, you know, prior to everything happening, you know, as we talked about before, the the support system was huge. You know, I had a lot of people, you know, kind of checking in on me and cheering me on. Like I said, I felt, you know, very valued by everybody. Um, And I mean, even still do today by some people who just kind of come up and they're like, Hey man, it's just so great for you to be here. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just, yeah. And that so really gets me. And then, mm-hmm. and then, like I said, just, you know, kind of the part of the story I choose to focus on. So, you know, you know, as far as 
kind of my actions that save somebody else, you know, I feel pretty proud of that. And, you know, I feel like thankfully not a lot of people get put in a situation where they have to see, you know, what happens when the rubber meets the road, but I unfortunately was, and, you know, I'm, yeah. And I just get a lot of, uh, feeling of self-worth out of that. As you should. I mean, that it says a lot about you as a person, as I said before that, because I think in stressful situations, that's when your true character comes out. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, you can't get more stressful than getting shot at. And you chose to think about someone else, right. Instead of yourself during that situation. So I think that certainly says a lot about you as a person. As I mentioned before, you know, people who are listening experience all different types of trauma and crises. And so what advice would you give to them? I mean, recovering from any kind of trauma, any kind of crises, you know, based on your experiences, what advice would you give them? You know, I think you know, kind of like I've been saying, like the, the day at a time is huge. You know, the the leaning on people you have there for support. The book I read, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, he has a quote in there. I think, I mean, it's, I think it's like a man who has a why to live can bear with almost any how, something similar to that. Yeah. And so basically, if, if, if you have kind of a reason and a meeting and you can find kind of a purpose to things that goes a long way in kind of helping, at least for me, overcome kind of the different trauma that I've been through. Yeah. You know, one thing I appreciate about you is that you use humor as a kind of recovery method. And that's something that I do too. It's something I'm, it's actually something I'm working on because I'm the guy that like in the most awkward, uncomfortable moment, I make a joke and that's just because I'm uncomfortable and that's how I cope with things. And, but for you, like, you know, you kind of embraced what happened and, mm-hmm. you know, you're the type of person who would laugh at yourself first, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's very obvious that you have one eye, right? Mm-hmm. And you, I feel like you make a decision to, or you've made a decision mm-hmm. um, as to how you're going to navigate that. So how have you, how have you used humor? Like, is that an intentional thing for you? Is that just part of your personality? It's something that I've noticed, but how do you, yeah. how do you use humor as a part of your recovery? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know. I think it's just kind of part of who I am just in general. Um, and so I make kind of jokes just in general to kind of get through things. And, you know, this has been no different, you know, I'm not, yeah, it just kind of, if if the moment's there and I think I can get a laugh out of it, I do. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I do like to make jokes just to see if people get a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> um, most of the people I hang out with don't, they give it back to me just as good as they throw it out there. So but no, I feel like good. you I feel like you have to tell us the most uncomfortable joke story. Do you have like a joke story where like, um, well, you really well, made got, someone I've uncomfortable? Two. One I thought was really funny. And then one <laughs> that was just kind of encompasses the uncomfortable part. But, <laughs> okay. um, one is um, I went to the doctor. I thought this was real funny. I went to the doctor or the urgent care to get a COVID test at one point. And, you know, they were going through my background and you have to give your medical history and, you know, that notes obviously that I was shot. And so the doctor looks up at me, he's like, so uh, military, huh? And I'm like, <laughs> or no military or law enforcement, huh? And I say, no, people just don't like me very much. <laughs> <laughs> How, how did he respond that. to that? He or she He's, responded to that? He laughed as well. Yeah. And then he didn't ask any more questions. He just <laughs> kind of laughed and kind of moved on. Um, but I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and then kind of besides that, it's just, you know, certain people and obviously people who don't know me quite as well get a little uncomfortable 
with the conversation sometimes. So again, after I went back to Ridgeview, sitting in a meeting and one of the therapists, what did they say? One of the therapists made a joke and then uh, about me, not about anything related to this, but just some sort of joke about me. And then another therapist said, oh, shots fired. And I said, you're not allowed to say that to me anymore. (laughs) And then another therapist who I I did not know nearly as well, you could tell she was very uncomfortable with the whole situation. She just kind of gave kind of a funny laugh. It was just very like weirded out by it. And she slowly kind of acclimated the better I got to know her and kind of recognize like, you know, this is just how I deal with it. But, but yeah, it can sometimes make people a little uncomfortable. But, you know, it's hard. We don't really know someone, right? Like what, um, cause not, you know, most of the time we don't want to offend people. Right. Yep. And so that's what kind of where that relationship comes in. And fortunately I know you very well. I actually thought about, you know, starting a podcast by saying, you know, this is our first podcast. Let's start it off with a bang. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. Right. Um, yeah. And I know that you laugh, right. You laugh right mm-hmm. now. And um, yeah. just because I know you, we have a relationship, but not everyone can get away with that. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else as it relates to just, you know, kind of your mental recovery and, and um, you know, how you can, you know, help others through their recovery. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I think I've kind of hit everything that at least at this point as I've really kind of identified as, as, as the key pieces for me, you know, like take things day by day, lean on supports, you know, find purposes and meaning where you can find purposes and meaning and then find something activity wise, like the exercise activity is great, obviously for various reasons in the situation, but also if nothing else, it just gives me an outlet. It gives me a routine. Like I'm a very, very routine oriented person. Um, I do the same things the same time all the time. Again, a joke I used to make, don't make as much anymore. It was that it would be very easy to assassinate me if you wanted to assassinate me, because I'm at the same place, the same time, all the time, <laughs> but that's just, that just helps me out a lot. And so yeah. I think, you know, aside from just the the benefit of physical fitness, just the outlet and the ability for me to kind of go back to something and continue with something that had been such a integral part of my existence prior to that went a long way. Cause it made it feel a lot like, you know, I had this, hiccup and you know for the most part things remain the same you know if if uh you know i'm sure it would have been much more challenging had you know i lost my arm or you know i i always pay attention you know much more now to news stories and somebody who gets shot and paralyzed or something like that would have been a whole different whole different animal i think yeah. And you're still, you know, you're still in the recovery process, right? Both physically mm-hmm. and mentally. And I think you've recovered for the most part physically, mm-hmm. but it's a process, right? It's a lifelong process. Do you, do you see yourself, you know, this, a lot of people are going to, you know, hear what you're saying. And, you know, I think that you have a, you have a story, you have a story mm-hmm. to tell that can help a lot of people. And, you know, after this podcast, you may have to hire an agent even, you know, figure <laughs> <laughs> out for the paparazzi <laughs> because you, because you have a story and, it's your story and you know you get to you get to choose how to use your story but do you do you see yourself using your story to help people i think in certain circumstances for sure you know it's not something i would necessarily share professionally just because you know i don't know that that's appropriate but as far as you know people friends i know you know i've got 
at least my brother, I feel like I've heard it from a couple other people too. Uh, but my brother was telling me a story of one of the clients he works with. He does finance stuff. And one of the clients he works with their son or brother, someone had just gone through something particularly dramatic uh, or traumatic and um, was very concerned about, you know, how it might end up. And, you know, not that my story necessarily will mean anybody else's story ends up any different, but um, he did say that he kind of talked about what I've been through and kind of how I navigated it. And he said that gave her um, some level of comfort to know that, you know, just cause, you know, things look really, really dark at one point in time. Um, that's not necessarily half how they have to end up. Well, we'll see, man. I mean, this is really the first opportunity for you to get your story out there. And there's going to be a lot of people who listen to this podcast. So my guess is you're going to inspire and help quite a bit of people. And I'm really excited about that. I appreciate you being on the show. I know it took a lot of vulnerability to share your story just to get it out there in the universe. And I appreciate you. Appreciate you being here with me. That brings us to the end of the show. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. The All In Your Head podcast. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music. It's everywhere, y'all. Thanks for listening. You have just listened to the All In Your Head podcast. Learn more by following Jamie Glick on LinkedIn or by subscribing to the Mental Health Training Camp YouTube channel. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, you can call now or text 988 to get connected to free confidential support. Thanks for listening.